Hello and welcome to Culture Terror. I am DK. I am Lewis, and Evangelion is overrated. <laughs> so true. Well, we'll get we'll get um yes, into it. Yeah, I guess we, we said my biggest take of the day. Just a little little teaser. We said Gundam, and um, I actually have the least. Well, I'll get into that in a second. But uh, yeah, this is kind of I I, I I sort of slotted this as um, Giant Robots Part One. We'll be doing a Giant Robots Part Two uh, soon. Trademark, but um, this is the Gundam. Yeah, I mean, the, right. But the um, I think that the topic of Giant Robots is um, really you know mecha anime of which Gundam is the kind of paradigmatic um, case and probably still certainly among the biggest. Um, if not, depending on the point in time, necessarily the big, the single biggest. I think it's the most profitable for sure, right? Over time, which gets into unfortunately, I um, I didn't have it didn't occur to me until like essentially right before recording that I should have invited um, our friend Otto on because I know he's recently been doing a bunch of uh, is it pronounced gunpla? I presume gunpla, gunpla, the the the, the, yeah, the Gundam the plastic, model. the um, yeah, sorry, model. yeah, he's just yeah, the, the models, yeah, yeah, which is like literally just cheap. Well, maybe not necessarily all that you know cheap, but uh, in terms of the quality of the materials. But uh, sorry, miniatures for babies. It's literal them. plastic that people play, you know, pay money like you know, you know, it's obscene, you know, profit margins for, um, which is fine. Snap, I mean, whatever. I do snap together. It's sorry, yeah. Like, I do shit like that all the. I mean, I'm not like, but I'm yeah. Not against anyway, it's, I'm, it's no 40k. It's no like you're not painting it. You're not <laughs> shots no, fired. Not people, you know? <laughs> um, oh goodness. I don't, I don't want to cause the, the. This is the the great. Oh. You know, you thought uh, the shit with the the Americana was bad, but now we're doing the the Gundam versus 40k. Like, holy crap! No, like, no. okay, I'm saying in terms of, <laughs> I am a Gundam enjoyer. This is a Gundam pro Gundam show, but in terms of like miniatures and skill, you know, I don't think you're making it better. Gundam is easier no, to make the miniatures. Yes, yeah, snap together, snap together plastic kits are yes. Um, and there's like non obviously I, I think there's some crusty old i mean i i was i was only ever at the periphery of that world but the, there's i think there's crusty old hobby hobbyist types um who used to do you know they used to have like you, know, you could buy at the hobby shop like a model tiger pans or whatever and those um i i, I think they're even those are quite a bit um i guess depending on the series um yeah, it could be tough even just to assemble to say nothing of, of painting and so on. But I, I well, we get way ahead of ourselves. I want to introduce again our returning guest, uh, Ty Guy. Do you want to say hi? I will show you. So, oh, on the on the scale of difficulty, model airplanes, <laughs> Sherman's hardest, miniatures like glue together Warhammer, those that fan that type of GW stuff and and the derivations of it, and then below that is snapped together, yeah, unpainted already colored plastic and 
Yeah. I don't think that's controversial. No, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't okay. be. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, type. Go yes, ahead, let's, our, let our, let's let our guests talk. <laughs> Zeke Zeon! Zeke Zeon! For the glories and ideals of Zeon! Zeke Zeon! Uh, anyway, so thank you for having me back on the show. I'm, I'm super excited to talk about one of my favorite animes of all time, specifically the uh, Universal Century um, timeline of Gundam and how it's the more uh, science fiction nerdy, uh, at least for most of the series in it. But yeah, and the narratives involved. But yeah, thanks for having me guys, uh, back on, guys. I'm, I'm ready to have you. I'm glad. I've, I wanted to do a Gundam episode. I actually recently, like in the last year, uh, gotten into Gundam in the deep dive uh, when I had access to a borrowed Netflix account. And Netflix had all the... Uh, original universal movies like condensed uh, like uh, encounters in space and stuff like the compilation yeah. movies yeah. yeah oh they're so, so good I, oh the I music yeah. dude oh no no it was it uh i i really enjoyed it i think they're totally worth watching especially for kids uh i would say maybe the kids who aren't like you know maybe seven years old up because people like it's an anime it has anime stuff but like people do just get wrecked and that's yeah. what I want to get my, my first thing is that uh Evangelion is like it's not that I before I had actually watched Gundam I assumed Evangelion was doing more smart intelligent sat satire like oh he's just a kid oh people are actually dying in this anime like no the actual Gundam people are dying constantly and it's a huge deal and everybody's like real torn up about it and people don't want to do this like there's literal ethical debates in like federation headquarters over child soldiers yeah yeah <laughs> and like evangelion's like whole thing is like oh we're gonna take this seriously it's not just like get the gundam have fun and kill people it's like no that's evangelion is a really episode ass that like that's the it thinks it's like commentating on a thing that was pretty much very thoroughly explored in this one but also it is like somehow i don't know how they pull it off it's i don't know if you could make something like that is as appropriate for kids but also a like pretty gritty child soldier war fantasy uh it's it's really good like i don't know how they so i was looking into the um the hit because i i always like to take a historical lens as i think you know listeners of this program are, are well aware and the um the wikipedia article on mecha anime uh has an interesting history section i'll just read the beginning of the first paragraph the 1940 short manga Electric Octopus featured a powered, piloted, mechanical octopus. 1943, Yoko Yama propaganda manga, The Science Warrior Appears in New York, featured a sword-wielding, steam-powered, giant humanoid mecha. The first series, I think it means anime series, in the mecha genre was Mitsutero Yokoyama's 1956 manga Tetsujin 28Go, which was later which was later animated in 1963 and released abroad as Gigantor, which I think I've heard of. I'm not sure if... Um, I anyway... I have, did he fight Godzilla at some point? Yeah, these are like super it, robot shows. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, but this is where I was going. This is what I, what I thought was most interesting about this. Uh, Yokoyama was inspired to become a ma manga creator by Osamu Tezuka who, and began serializing the manga in Shonen, an iconic boys magazine, in 1956. In this series, this is a 1956 manga in Shonen magazine, the robot, which was made as a last-ditch effort to win World War II by the Japanese military, was remote-controlled by the protagonist Shotaro Kaneda, a 12-year-old detective and, quote, whiz kid. The story turned out to have immense mass appeal and inspired generations of imitators. 
Um, skipping ahead a, mit, a, a bit, anime critic Fred Patton wrote that almost all mecha anime plots, such as Monster of the Week shows, were actually metaphors for refighting World War II and defending Japan and its culture from Western encroachment. Um, I guess I want to highlight two things. Obviously, first is this kind of, you know, yeah, refighting World War II, obviously huge. And, you know, you see this also with, you mentioned Godzilla. You know, Godzilla itself is giant radioactive monster wrecking havoc on urban areas in Japan. I don't, you know, it doesn't need necessarily all that much. Specialistic, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but the the when you mentioned this thing about child soldiers, it had never really occurred to me. And, and even, um, well, whatever, we'll get into Evangelion later, but... Um, the it it seems that really this idea of like child soldiers goes all literally all the way back to literally the first giant robot manga in 1956. Well, you know why that is? I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, 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 I'm gonna say it. It'll make sense to you. Like there was a huge generation of people who went from the ages of like you know eight to sixteen when the war ended, or even eighteen, because Japanese actually weren't pushing like seventeen mm -hmm. olds in. I think that hard actually. Uh, there was. They kind of realized that it was up, and they had a. Little, they didn't have an issue of manpower. It was like supply. Um, there were a lot of guys who grew up in Imperial Japan, and uh, really were pissed they didn't get a chance to fight. Like they were. <laughs> that's, that's what Mishima was. Mishima was yeah, like, yeah. "Hey, you're too Yukio young." Yukio Mishima. And yes. And like, and that, that that was not a minority thing. It was like, uh, you know, that's what the also the Ku Klux Klan during the guerrilla warfare against the Yankee oppressor. Uh, that's what they were doing. Like it was mostly, it, yeah. The you veteran, can easily imagine if, if you grow up your veteran, whole yes, life, mecha anime. Yes, I, and you're I, like I thirteen. Was. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, it didn't even occur to me. That's a great idea. <laughs> Talk about wow. Yeah, there, there we go. File under yeah to, to you know future uh, whatever. Anyway, um, but yeah, if you if you're 13, 14 years old and you're literally and you're you know so you're okay, you're on that cusp of adulthood, but still, I mean, I think, you know, everybody, the, the, the people remember what it's like to be 13. Can you imagine being a 13 year old Japanese kid in 1943, how psyched you would be to go to war? Like how absolutely right. pumped. You exactly. So and there would be no like cultural pro. I mean, you know, maybe you would have already had some degree of, of military training and, you know, probably, yeah. you know, it's, it's, <laughs> so it, it's, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah. So it, it, anyway, I just thought that was interesting when, when you mentioned that. And, um, I actually thought that was one of the lesser pronounced. That what I got out of Evangelium um, was more about well, uh, sort of vaguely Freudian psychotrama, and not you can you can call it uh, cucking or whatever. But like Gundam is Gundam is actually the show that like reexamined I think this trope as like a more like realistic anti-war like child soldiers does anti-war stuff. Yeah, um, um, whereas Gundam Evangelium kind of takes credit for like oh we we satirized it or we really examined the genre or deconstructed it but like gundam actually is did, did this stuff it's the more, yeah it's the no. better show so so with evangelion like i have a love-hate relationship with that show because the animation is out of this world right it's and it was so different for the time yes yeah it's yeah. incredible yeah. first four episodes and it also has like shinji is a faggot i think everyone can agree on this it's like getting fucking robot that's awesome you your dad is making <laughs> yeah, three that, that, beautiful right. women what <laughs> what you're don't, the hero of the whatever, world I don't, what <laughs> i don't yeah, want to make but, this an evangelion episode although yeah, I could, yeah. i've seen evangelion in its entirety twice uh, as a as a younger man and as an as and and more recently uh, and so I, I could actually but we we yeah. should probably I know, try pivoting. to avoid it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pivoting back to Gundam, but uh, this is the last thing about Evangelion. It's that the 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 thing about that show is it's an actual deconstruction of both like more science fictiony anime, which is like 
Gundam, Universal Century Gundam, right? Is like very science fictiony. Um, it's it's like uh, when Star the Star Wars nerds put out like the physics for like blasters and stuff. Like Tamino made Gundam <laughs> specifically with science fiction and military involved and how mobile suits yeah. would work. Whereas Evangelion is like a deconstruction of it. So I I always yeah. tell people to watch Evangelion. And then also if you hate Evangelion as much as I do, well I love hate it. Uh, watch Gurren Lagan. That's all I'll just say. Gurren Lagan is like the, the super robot show of men. It is such so. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it. Like I definitely would describe it as a love hate. Sorry, go yeah. on. It's going. Gurren Lagan goes back to like I know actually, Gundam is cool, but we can go further. You know, like we can. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. All right, so let's but get yeah. into let's get into like what you know we we did the kind of early prehistory of this, but if, yeah. you know the the way that I got to the um the Wikipedia article on mecha anime and manga was from the Wikipedia article on Gundam, which notes that uh, it's the 1979 mobile suit Gundam quote defined the real robot mecha anime genre by featuring giant robots called mobile suits in a militaristic setting. So yeah, it like literally this is whatever else came before and whatever else came after mobile suit Gundam is clearly the yes defining example and tell me tell me about it because I, I actually oh maybe i this is what i was going to mention i haven't i basically never seen i've seen very little i've seen you know the obviously colony drop memes and various yes, operation british yes so i'm i'm fam and i'm familiar like in broad outline i saw i saw a little bit of um <laughs> this is gonna date me also but a mobile suit gundam wing on the cartoon network um Tsunami, yeah. was on yeah um which I understand. I mean, I never. That, I think that was part of why I never really explored the series all that much was because um, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing struck me as kind of. I don't know. They were they were responding to Evangelion, but not in a good way. It was sort of like, no, this whole thing is gay. Get back to the like the the space battle, like the real, you know. Well, I, I should <laughs> sort of I should sort of explain. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I kind of want to explain no, like. Because there's a lot of Gundam. We just touch on this. There's a lot of different types of Gundams. Yes, like, there's many different series. Is kind of the there's, and yeah. they're all official Gundam. Like the thing that they're yeah. not like take off. It's all it's all by, by Bandai the... products, right? Yeah. Okay. And so Gundam. So when uh, I'm strictly taught, and I, I have no problem talking about the other series because I, I I've watched them in limited variety. Uh, but when I specifically when I say Gundam, I'm talking about Universal Century Gundam because I'm a science fiction nerd, and there's this like literally in Universal Century Gundam, it's like the Axis versus the Allies. It's it's in multiple different ways, and there's some nuance there. But it's it's that's why I've even as a kid I've always gravitated towards that. Mobile Suit Gundam and, and Wing is like a girls show. It's actually, but it's actually pretty yeah. good. I have I have apologetics for it. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't that it was terrible. It was that I. It was like I. Yeah, it just wasn't. It, it makes sense to think of it as a girls show. I I would definitely say that. Yeah, it's it's literally it was literally like meant for women. Um, like Hero Yui, the here the pilot in that is like yeah, the, it was like this like like exactly this kind of uh, it was like Shinji crossed with Sephiroth crossed with I don't know yeah, what and it was <laughs> that's a good one I like that <laughs> and I was just like I I don't I, it didn't appeal to me you know like and, I don't, and, the, and the main the, the the female care the main female character is literally bipolar <laughs> so like true right. to life. Yeah, but uh, okay. But so that doesn't like, take place in the quote Universal Century timeline. No. Is that is that what, Universal what I'm Century timeline? Yeah, and then there's also things like Gundam Seed, which tried to like reinvent it. Or Turn A Gundam. By the way, Turn A Gundam, kind of bad. Tamino didn't want to make that a Gundam show. He wanted a completely different mecha show. But Bandai was like, "You're gonna make it Gundam because that's what's gonna sell toys." Um, but Turn A Gundam, it's a. I think it's got a cool idea. Basically, it's like 
post-apocalyptic and people start digging up mobile suits. Um, but the woman who did Cowboy Bebop, Ghost in the Shell, the, the soundtracks for those, if you love those shows like I do, and you love the music from those shows, Yoko Kano does a soundtrack for Turn A Gundam. So if you just want to watch it and listen to the music or just go on Spotify and listen to the, the OST, like just beautiful music. Um, but yeah, there's other Gundam shows. So like Turn A Gundam, Gundam Seed, Gundam Wing, Iron-Blooded Orphans, which I hate, but Lewis seems to love. Um, um, but yeah, anyways, but when I'm, ta- I, I'm, when I'm talking about Gundam, I'm talking about Universal Century because there's, there's a lot I mean, to extract from it, and it's canonic, and it's canonically yeah. anti-Semitic, canonically. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's it's, it's we'll the main. You, you see, is like the main storyline. Everything else, yeah. is the main timeline. Like, yeah, a it's they're like the rest. They don't because they're not cringe. The Japanese don't call them like what if timelines, but every other timeline is kind of like what if this thing was slightly different. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, for instance, my Iron Blood Orphans. The timeline has like some name for it, but really, it's like what if. Xenon never rose up. That's the timeline. Yeah, essentially. Um, yeah. And uh and then so, cool. yeah, so interesting. Okay. Yeah. So what really like when we when we talk about universal century timeline, what we're like the main sort of like axes are like the main sort of topic of, even if you go throughout all the series in the universal century timeline, is about the one year war. Right and like the one year war, do I actually know more about the one year war than I do about World War II? I can talk to you about the Battle of Boku and all the logistics. It gets really autistic and I love it. I can't like I, I love Gundam so much, but and it's basically like a the narrative of like the one year war, right? It's basically a one for one for like World War II. There's a lot of nuance in there, and there's I a lot of characters. It's, it's it's I think look the problem is you can't look at it so much as like the Japanese refighting World War II or whatever too much because. It is so nuanced, like the war. Yeah, it's there's a lot of nuance. It opens up with like effectively like nuclear strikes on population centers for both sides. Yeah, uh, which like like the war begins with like half of each side's population being killed by indiscriminate, you know. Yeah, and they signed the Antarctic Treaty to like stop yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, to it stop is, it. Yeah, but there's, but there's like there's like there's like mid war like we need to stop doing this bit, but like I don't think like. I don't know. That's that's more. It's reacting more to like modern nuclear war than obviously. No, true in sure. in that respect, but, but a lot of Japanese like. Ex- wait, wait, I got. Wait, it's also, but it's also the Japanese experience of World War Two, which is your cities being firebombed and nuked. Like yeah, it extrapolates the the Japanese experience in the war to everybody. Well, also a lot of the the a lot of the aesthetics, like it's like I'm, the Federation is like America, right? Like that's like the aesthetics of the uniforms, the the political structure. Uh, and and the Xeon uh, is the you know it's it's more it's like a, a mix between Prussian sort of you know monarchy of like early Germany and like World War One and then like also like there's like Gurren is like the Gurren which is one of the main characters of Xeon one of the main commanders um, he's like the Hitler stand-in essentially um, but yeah anyways. Uh, if Lewis, I think I interrupted you a little bit. No, no, you. I, I, but I, I think the also the other nuance is well, the nuance that's like I guess the most obvious is that instead of uh being like you know uh rising powers being crushed in a gentile uprising, Xenon is a effectively a colonial power or a, a colonized people rising up, yeah, which is how the Japanese would view themselves, right? Like. 
even though I don't, I don't actually don't, don't I don't grok that with like the Japanese. I don't think they were a colonized power rising up in World War II. But that's what they think they were. That's how they view like themselves they, as like the rightful, you know, the rightful sphere of influence of Asia. And World War II stopped that. Um, so yeah, no, it's it is interesting that like the main characters are not Zeon, right? Like you would you would think, oh, it's all Japanese, well, like self-inserting, but it's yeah, not in the original series, right? But yeah. like later on, like we we could talk about like the so we had the original series, right? So that's like if you want to watch the original series, go ahead. It is like a '70s show, right? So yeah, like if you like, uh, what is it? Uh, what's the oh, what's the my favorite, my favorite anime? The one that's the the, the gone. politics. No, no, the politics one. Um, uh, the, Legend of Galactic Heroes. Yeah, if you are, if you like Legend of Galactic Heroes, you you'll like it a lot. It's just like it's a kids version. It's a, it's the kids' version. It's a little bit better animated, obviously, because like not a high bar with uh, Legend of the Heroes in terms of like you know how fluid the movement is. Uh, but yeah, no, it's 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 kind of very much of that era. That's why I think it's so watchable for kids because even though like the content is kind of highbrow, the actual uh, animation is like you know it's very pretty yeah. and like appeals to children. You know, and uh, another thing is they don't do a lot of even in the original series, they don't do, like, a lot of, like, Xeon evil. There's a, a lot of, like, shades of gray for both sides. Well, um, actually, that's even the, the Federation. The most yeah. based part of it is that, like, it, like, they're not, they don't do, like, big, like, that's why, like, modern writers kind of suck, because they're afraid of making cool villains, so they have to do villains, like, just kick puppies constantly. The reason Xeon is bad is because they're the other side of the war. Yeah. In the original show. And that's extremely based. I, I, I'm 100% okay. It's like, oh, no, they're, they're the other side. Like, the legitimacy of their, like, ideology and their political goals of independence is actually not even questioned. Like, like the, yeah, yeah Xenon has, has legitimate goals, but so do we in opposing them. So it's time for the war. Like, in, yeah, and exactly. like Xenon does, like, evil stuff in the show and whatever. They don't all do evil stuff. Uh, Xenon did like, nothing wrong, okay? Xenon did yeah. absolutely nothing wrong. <laughs> let's get into British, it that, so this is, this is something to go far enough all right so explain to me because uh, i've never seen again i've never i've never basically yeah. am unfamiliar with this with that that the the main gundam timeline i i the, okay let me let's actually let's start at the beginning so so there's the there's the like the inner sphere and the outer sphere in the battle tech thing there's like the earth and then the colonies which are yeah. outside Yes, right. There is there is Earth and yes, the Earth so yeah. And so they, they have colonial power. They have they have settled this. They have settled this whole solar system. And, and it's really cool. Solar, yes, it's and it's cool. really cool because they actually use like they're called von Braun spheres or and they sit at Lagrange points. So there's there's a lot of science fiction like knowledge Tamino put into this, and like yes. every like those spheres are actually like. Literally ripped from Von Braun's books, and it's, oh, I, it's incredible. I'm, yeah, no, okay, I'm familiar with the. I'm. I was like, I mean, like, like the Von Braun thing that he like, like the, you know, is a kind of hypothetical. The cylinders. Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the uh, like, humanity moved off to cylinders. Like Earth's overpopulated, humanity has left Earth in cylinders. Some cylinders are closer to Earth. Some are further away. Some are other on the other near other planets instead of yeah Jupiter Earth. energy fleet the Jupiter energy yeah. fleet which plays like a major role later in the timeline yeah. and so basically and basically at the the outer people are tired of uh, 
you know, sending stuff to the inner people because that's where all like the the mining and stuff is. They want uh, independence, and they uh, create a, a political like well. It's more than it's more than just that though, Lewis. It's more than just like you know we have to send our resources. There's a few things that go into this. Like Zeon Daikun was literally talking about like the Zeon is the is the humans. is the colony, right? Zeon is the colony well, of the Federation. Zeon Zeon Daikun is the le okay, so he's like the thought leader. He's like a like a Nietzsche esque Hitler. Yeah, Che Guevara. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. And he's like this guy. So side three is like behind the dark side of the moon. They don't get a lot of sun. This is where the principality of Zeon gets its roots. There's this philosopher guy leader called Zeon Daikun. Now Zeon doesn't exist. Everyone kind of rallies around this guy. This is the birth of Zeon, right? Um, and he talks about, there's an idea in, um, in Gundam universal century called new types. And what new types are, are like semi psychic human beings. And they're because it's because of the evolution going into space that the adaptation of human beings become we start people start becoming a little bit psychic. He recognizes this and he builds like an entire philosophy about it, about freeing the souls of the people and the gravity of the earth, yada yada yada. But that's a set that so there's like this meta, there's a definitely a huge metaphysical quality to Gundam as well. It's like super multi faced. Um, but but the biggest thing is that yeah, like there is like an ideology like they they're they the because this is like Japanese and not like a, a, a cuffed lib show uh the there is like the obvious like colonialification but there is yes like this racial element where there has been divergent evolution between uh space noids which are they're literally called space noids like yeah space noids yeah which is hilarious. And it's before Noid was like a, is a derogatory term. It was like Noid is just like, you know, it wasn't like femoid or moid or whatever. It was just, you know, a, a word ending you could use to translate things. So like the space Noid race is different than the earth cuck race, you know? And a part of that is like these, it's these, uh, some like, I what's the, I'm trying to remember the exact science behind it, but like, Living in zero gravity means you become better at anticipating certain things for your movement and your like day -to -day something life. like that. And Some therefore, like yeah, the genetic adaptations of like predicting your movement and matter and the world and energy means like you that can apply to just more broadly like some kind of sensory benefit. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's but the, the the there's this guy. He's like the thought leader, creates this ideology, um, and he gets people behind him for like a more a more peaceful but not so not necessarily peaceful he's not like a a, a pacifist at all um no. movement and then a his like you know some of his he is kind of uh assassinated by a more more based faction. family a more yes a more based faction within his people who just who are ready to fight and uh that's what kicks off and like the Earth Federation is like very defensively, like doesn't really intervene until like they're attacked, you know, um, kind of, you know, there's different ways you can look at this, but, uh, and the different characters have different, different opinions on these things. And that's why Gundam is interesting, but yeah, you can make a uh, case for the Federation and you yeah. can make it, you can definitely make a case for Xeon as well. Like these are shades of gray. You can write, there's actually like college classes in Japan. Well, they're not even shades this. of gray. It's just like, they are 
functionally two national sovereigns, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. States. Yeah, like it's it's not like you can't even do morality, right? It's just like these are national states, states with national interests. Yeah, and at this point is like uh, after the there's a coup, there's a military buildup in Xenon, and a corresponding one in the Federation, and then uh, and then there's a war, and the uh, the Xenon is better because initially better because they have the like these mobile mining. I believe they're wrong. They're like mobile mobile workers. Literally yeah. the the miners division, like in uh, yeah, like well, in well, well yes, yeah. Well, they were this. They were disguising the mobile worker project because they because the Zabi family, which took over after Daikun got assassinated, uh, they are the ones who are like, we're oh yeah, these are just this is just a a worker mobile worker pro yeah. program. Don't worry about this, Mister Federation. But there was, I believe, like some worker. There were mecha worker suits that are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Industrial. Yeah. That they're based off of, and that's what, and the and the Federation doesn't have, but the Federation has, uh, like these fight, like because the Federation is America, they have core fighters, which are like Gundam equivalent, basically, but they're like aircraft. And yeah, they're, and they're not, and they're not bad either, but they're just not. They're as arguably, as, like, like you can make a case that they're actually better. Like if I was to be doing like economics and Gundam, I would say maybe you build a million core fighters as opposed to a couple thousand mobile Gundams. suits. Yeah, uh, but the the show begins with like the first, uh. The secret project of the Federation. To, well, it's, it's not the first major. It's like the... it's after Oh, the, the R, you were talking about the RX-78 project? Well, no, it's just like, you know, like the, the, the mobile suit, the Gundam, like the mobile, the, the, what do you call it? The, the RX-78 Gundam. Yeah, the yeah, one yeah, armor yeah, pilot, yeah. pilots, yeah. yeah. The actual Gundam, like, that's the first, like, it's the first uh, actual, there are other Federation Gundams that are alluded to, but it's like the first ones are really good. And better, it's like the first time the Americans built, uh, like, I guess the the motivation, I guess, would be like the Zeros versus like American fighter aircraft. Like the Zeros were way ahead of the game fighter aircraft because the Americans didn't really know or give a shit about fighter aircraft. And that's the Xenon Gun Gundams are the, are the Zeros, and then it's like the Americans really buckling down and making a really badass elite thing, which yeah. is the main character's titular Gundam, which would be like something something like the you know a P thirty eight Mustang or whatever, you know. Yeah, something like that. Um, so the but, protagonist. Um, so the story is told from the federal, or at least in the. Is yeah, this, so the, so the story is the, told it, the, from whose perspective? The Americans. the Americans are the good guys. That's why it's almost. Kind of, it's a nuanced show. Is the Americans are the protagonists. But almost Absolutely. every Gundam series is told by the uh, like a side of the Federation. Uh, it was only in like the video games, or except for one OVA called a uh, amazing OVA called 0080 War in the Pocket. 10 episodes go watch it after watching the the, the movies but uh uh that's told by Zeon right um yeah, the cool. Zeon side now the video games talk about Zeon and like this is where we actually get oh, we'll talk about this later but this is where the SS files like these uh these Japanese manga writers that love the SS like start writing Gundam and that's really you get a lot of the video game and stuff but anyways go go ahead yeah, yeah that's why it's so interesting is cuz like yes it's like they're refighting they're doing colonial, they're doing commentaries, they're refighting uh these uh the this World War Two to agree. But the protagonists are are the Americans and they're like pretty unambiguously the protagonists. Yeah. Um and you know that's why people like there's like there's people I, I I don't like when people like talk about I it's I don't see it so much anymore actually, because we just have to anime posting actually has decreased in the last few years. But how like how deep and nuanced all the commentary going on in evangelion where like the average 70s anime like was already doing that they were light years ahead of it uh oh my god yeah yeah 
Um, but and that's where the show starts, and it's the secret program uh, where Amuro, who's the main character, uh, I actually don't know what the origin of the name is. I know it sounds like American, and I always thought that was funny. Um, but I don't know. I, who knows? I, I bet sure Tamino has in his notes. I'm sure there's some like note. On it, it sounds cool. Book. Yeah. Uh, and yes, he he. I think of that like the uh, the French names in um in Berserk and the German names like the we're the Vangerzweigenwogen, yeah. yeah. you know, maneuver or whatever in Berserk yeah. is like. Yeah. This is a Japanese person's imagination of what a yeah. made up German <laughs> word sounds like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Amuro is like a nickname you have for your American friend, I guess. Uh, oh, and we should we should talk about this is where the child soldier bit comes in. Yeah, um, uh, it's, it's where well, it's also the, it's not intentional. They're they're, they're like they're like refugees from a Zeon. Yeah, so and well, uh, they're I think they're from Side Five, which is like a, yeah, one a, of the a more or, more Earth Federation Earth aligned, aligned uh, cylinder. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like the the show starts out. And we can, we can just brush over. We don't need to talk about everything. But the, the important things about the show is that White Base is just like this, you know, this this show is made to sell toys. So why Bundai picked it up, right? But um, uh, the show starts and the Federation, you know, it's kind of getting their ass kicked very early on in, in the war because uh, they don't have mobile suits. Uh, they're not a kid. You know, they have to build back up. It's like the sleeping giant sort of situation. And the white base, I, I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I think some of the crew, the initial crew gets killed. The, the white base is like a, is a mobile, it's like an aircraft carrier, a mobile suit carrier, right? It, no, it's like, and, it's the first aircraft carrier, yeah. And the whole, yeah, it's like, the whole, yeah. In the evacuation of side five where Amura lives, they deploy their forces and they just get wrecked. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're non, they're fighters and they're non Gundam or they're non new Gundams, old Gundams could get wrecked. This is yeah, like Pearl Harbor ish, or like in, yeah, in, a, uh, couple... in a way, is, in a way. No, it absolutely is, but it's not. There's more like it's not actually the first battle of the war, but like the yeah. show. It's the first episode of the show, and they're doing they're doing Pearl they're doing Harbor. the bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a statistic, and I'll be like, well, what about this? What about yeah. Operation? Yeah, but anyway, but uh, so then the refugees get on, and their kids, and one of these guys is armor right now. White base is commanded by this guy named Bright Noah, and he's instrumental through like. And his son later on becomes instrumental throughout the series too. Um, but Bright Noah, which is a famous Bright Noah slap that I think people have seen the memes of where he just slaps the shit off Armoro later in the series because he's being a fucking child. But these kids basically get on this white base and they, Bright Noah, I forget exactly what happens, but I think he either commands them or they sit down at the, at the chairs and they start operating the radios and the AA guns and yeah, Armoro. Uh, yeah, but it's... Go ahead. The uh, I, I watched it here recently. It's it's like we don't like the actual like uh pilot of the ship is dead, and they're like, well, fuck anybody on the show, anyone that's in this on this on this thing know how to because uh, Bright is also like a he's like a lieutenant when it starts out or a sub. Yeah, 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 he's not even the com really the commander. He's like yeah, the XO or like, something. Yeah, and he's like, does anyone know how to like actually like pilot like mechanical pilot a ship? And it's just some chick. And yeah, like, okay, does anybody know how to like you know do X Y Z and uh. There's, there's there are some wounded soldiers who like are walking people through like how to fire the AA guns and stuff. Yeah, it's it's like epic and it's like it's like a really stressful situation. Like it's super stressful. This is why like you know your kids would eventually be like exposed to death and violence at some point. And this is that's why I agree with Lewis's take. Like this is the perfect show to get them into it. Like not into violence and death and stuff, but like 
uh, get them a, acquainted with like how the world is actually ran. You know, it's but also like, like how good. to react to things. Like, hey, just like if something goes really wrong, look for like somebody trustworthy and do what they say and like do it as best yeah. you can. You know, like it is very much a like uh, they do that they're they're child soldiers or whatever, but it's also like just like kind of don't be a pussy. Like, yeah, don't be a pussy. The, just fire the AA cannon, dude. Like it's just like a video game. Uh, <laughs> and un, un, unlike Shinji, Armuro gets in the robot. <laughs> so immediately, 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 immediately. Like I should get in the robot. Oh, and it's funny because his fa- It's kind of funny because he knows about the robot because his father was uh, the the lead designer of it or the lead engineer part of it. But yeah. um, but and it, that's besides the point. Anyway, so the show goes on. They they go through these battles. They meet a lot of these characters like. You know, Char, which I fucking hate Char with a burning Char's passion. Cool. Yeah. I fucking hate Char. Char is a literally a pedophile retard. So Char's um, the primary no Charles Char uh, Char is cool and you're doing like you're doing like, Char's a traitor. Char's a traitor. Char's a traitor. Traitor. Uh, he is the he is the blonde. He is he's the antagonist of the show. He's he's, the, he's yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. He is effectively the antagonist. He is like if you see the blonde guy with the white mask and the white helmet. Uh, from Gundam things saying like that's the trope. Oh, trope yeah. Start there. yeah, that's him. Yes, I'm familiar with the memes. But yes, he's not. Here's the thing about Char, though. He's not ideological. He is not. He's not like he's just going for the revenge of his father, which is fine and dandy and all. But he destroys Zeon in the process. This is yeah. and and just uh, disposed to uh, uh, who's the guy who said this is no Zaku boy, no Zaku. Who's that pilot? Um, God, uh, he, he was like one of the main, no, hold on. Let me Google it real quick. Cause it's, the names are brutal. Keeping Gundam names straight, names straight is almost impossible. Uh, like Amuro and Char and a couple others. Uh, oh yeah. Rombo Raw, Rombo Raw, who was like one of the ace pilots. His I father was names. Yeah. His, his father was a Zeon Daikun loyalist. That was so the, so we have to back in time, right? Cause I want to shit on Char real quick. No. Um, Rambaral is the son of a Zeon or a Zeon Daikun loyalist. Assassination happens, zombies take over, right? And instead of like, hey, uh, Rambaral, like we're gonna kill you, the zombies are like, listen, dude, like it had to happen. There's two factions. This is a power move. We're not gonna kill you, uh, but also, could you lead our mobile suit, like our mobile suit test pilot program? Like, could you do this for the for Zeon? Like, can you do this thing? And Rumba Rawl goes like, you killed my father, but this is the glory of our people. It sucks to suck, but I can put, you know, put things in that. I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forgive. I'm not going to forget. But this is for the glory of Zeon people. That is a way better character. And especially when he commits suicide later with a suicide attempt on the RX-78. But way more brave than Char as the bull, which betrays everyone, which is a pedophile for some Indian new type girl. And uh, uh, just destroy Zeon in the process. One of the greatest memes from 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 uh, from Gundam is uh, you'll see it on uh, on YouTube Shorts or YouTube. It's like it's Char and uh, Zeta Gundam, which is a series later on, which is very very good. And he goes, "I never betrayed anyone in in my life." And he goes, "All the times he betrayed his friends, like or his men, right through the original series. It's it's hilarious." But anyways, yeah, fuck Char. Whatever. Uh, Char is the antagonist of the show. He is yes. very cool. 
uh, he is doing maneuvers. The Red Comet. Uh, the, I uh, yeah, obviously, you know, he's obviously a red, a red Baron kind of reference. He's a very Germanic fig, uh, figure. He's the most racist, I think, of all the. Like he's no, no, he's not. He's the very racist. new type focused uh, compared to everybody else. Everyone else is like, oh, cool, this is like a cool thing that we have powers. Uh, you know, we're space noids or whatever. But Char is uh, takes it further. I think um, it's important to note that Armoro is also a new type. And he's on yes. the Federation side. Yeah, there's there's new types the on both show, sides of this war. The first show is discovering like what is these like this the new type, what is the what is this new race of people? Uh and the show is like, oh well, these kids keep this aircraft carrier run by children mostly seems to keep getting like luckier than they should be. And let's like, keep them in the let's keep them in the seats, right? Let's not replace yeah. them. Well, yeah, because because they have this idea, and they, they have this ethical debate over whether it's you know, you know, they're child soldiers, but they're they're performing well. They probably are some like we think they might be this human evolutionary divergent thing, uh, you know. And then and the show you know goes in all this stuff uh, pretty well. And obviously, you know, they keep them in the fight for the you know because you got to keep you got to yeah. keep fighting new models of enemy gun and sell toys, um, but. I, I don't want to get too much into like actually the actual like politics of it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I want I want to move on from just it. doing yeah. spoilers for the show at a certain point. Um, I think the, the 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 cool the interesting thing is just that like it Gundam is about like obviously heroic guys pi piloting vehicles and you know fighting like defending their ship and like basically you're basically as a Gundam fighter Gundam mobile suit guy you are defending like your home ships because that's where you your aircraft carrier you fight out of and like and fighting and i it is really good it's it kind of it does the whole thing where like battle is it goes down back to the melee combat range in some sense some some ways um which makes sense because of the technology right it, there's a lot of thought yeah, put into these these battles esque kind of thing like that um, minotsky particle so i actually have a very different opinion than you do like for the, all the uh science of it i find the science of it i mean it's there i know it's there i think it's almost utterly unimportant to the show like i don't think it actually no no it's matters. not it's, it's compared to the narrative no but it's there as like a, like a cherry on the cake like it and yeah. that's why I, I grab like i grab on to universal century gundam so much because it's not it all it's like old school third edition 40k for me like i can't stand the new 40k shit but like it there's so much to grab onto because like the coolest thing about gundam is not really the main characters it's all like the side characters in my opinion like the coolest characters it, uh, the coolest character in gundam is not armor array or chasnable in my opinion it's gato from 083 stardust memory where he's literally designed after like an ss officer forget the guy yeah. but the guys who made that ova were like total ss files and were like Fucking ass, this is so cool. Holocaust never happened. Like literally in interviews, <laughs> like saying that stuff. Yeah. Usually they slide into like the, the the other stuff, I guess. Like the main the narrative is like, you know, the Federation wins the war. If the Federation wins the war. The Federation wins by a landslide. Like just it, yeah. it was it just there's a turning point in the war after Xeon like invades Earth. After that, it's like it was basically like the Battle of Gettysburg. Xeon never was able to attack Earth again in any any meaningful way. It culminates at the Battle of a Boa Coup, and Zeon 
capitulates. Like the leaders of Zeon are, especially when Char decides to kill what's her name, the fucking asshole. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, but uh, so there's the end of the one year war, right? And it costs millions, billions of trillions of lives, like this incredible amounts of lives. And you really feel that at the end of the show, you really feel like it hits you. It's like this is why. Again, I'm just gonna disagree with uh, Lewis's take. It's like Grave of the Fireflies, but like done over a longer period of time. It's something yeah, that like children should experience. There's at a some really point. good scene of them like basically on like effectively like a lifeboat after the fight, like just picking up picking up who like finding out which of the people on the crew survived and like who didn't, and they're like, and it, it's like it's real good. It's like and it's really good and and somehow I don't know how they I guess it's just the animation style makes it more like palatable but like an yeah. eight-year-old could watch this and not be like forever damaged like you know. no it's perfect it's perfect because it, it, it's like this it's like this understanding that life is finite and you instead of like your kids being children all the way to their teenage years you can use this as a way to develop them into like a understanding like back in the day or in times of trouble in world war ii like this is how it was dude like this is how it is your friends are gonna die like I will die. Your father is gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's I would it's, say it's it, better than getting them a dog, right? Like dogs are I mean notoriously used by parents to teach teach you about mortality. Uh this was a little less a little less investment. Uh also I like that uh there's actually nothing with mech 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 anime broadly, uh that or mech mech stuff even in America, that inherently because it becomes like honor obsessed because it's like yeah. individual combat warriors doing individual combat stuff uh like battle tech is also the gundam's teamwork lot, lot gundam's stuff. all about teamwork but it's, it's not all about cohesive units yes it is it, yeah there's there's some of that but it's more like i would say it's more it's more of the iliad like it's more of like amaro is like kind of the hector of in the original series yes in the original yeah. series yes uh and i think that's why people like big mecha stuff is because you get these honor codes and no, they're always fighting out places. Like they're not fighting over major cities. It's very rare, um, because everyone is like all these, these people that like, get obsessed as their mecha pilots with like, uh, you know, honor and being good and all these and all this stuff and the political implication. Like, it's not that they don't do like stuff that's insane. Like you know, dropping, dropping, you know, colonies. Uh, Cylinders full of people onto Earth, uh, or form. I think they emptied the cylinder first. I don't, I don't remember exactly the details. No, they they gas. So Zeon gases this because they didn't capitulate to Zeon. They're like, okay, well, we're gonna gas you. Gases them, then drop, then drop. They were supposed to drop on like, I think the original one was supposed to drop on Dublin. I'm not entirely sure, but there was a an Earth Federation interception force, and they're like, fuck it, just drop it on Australia. Um. And uh, they dropped it on Australia. So Randbot just gets eliminated <laughs> in the in the show, I guess. But yeah. Uh, yeah so and I, and I and I and I but I, I like it. But it becomes like a, a a good example for kids, I guess, because it's a you get like the the best of like what even though they're doing this this stuff and that's that's what is presented as like bad and everyone is pissed about that. Um, but like the individual combat of soldiers is like it's like very much honor obsessed and uh that's i think a good thing that's a good yeah yeah so the original show has that samurai duel feel yes for sure yeah uh 
but yeah, um, I, I guess you want to get into like the the Universal Century offshoots. I think I don't want to get too deep into the original show because you, it's good. There's a lot to unpack. It's really dense. Like you can you can take it apart for. Oh hours. yeah, dude. I um, I dude. I have I want to get talked for hours. I'm not, I'm not familiar with the with the SS stuff and like the anti-Semitic stuff. Obviously, oh. there's the big scene in the show where there's like a some kind of ceremony at the Xeon headquarters, and they show they they they, they zoom out and they show like the banner. And it's literally like a rising sun and a iron cross combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah no, it's extremely well, well. The Zeon, the Zeon flag is really designed off the Nazi flag, the Third yeah. Reich flag. And then there's also, and of course, there's the the Imperial Eagles, and there's the famous before we leave the the original series or movies. Uh, is the famous Hitler speech? Gur, yeah, Gurin's uh, speech. Yeah, Gurin's yeah. speech. Yeah. So the the like the, the 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 guy the the leader of the uh family who's the leader of the xeon is talking with his like headstrong son who wants to deploy a super weapon and he's like listen uh in the early 20th century there was a man like you who uh you know killed you know uh millions of people to to prove that he was right uh in this in this for the spirit i see the spirit of this man adolf hitler in you you know and you need to stop because it it, it went poorly for his for, for his nation and his people, and the guy that's fucking out. gay. It, no, no, yeah. it gets better. It gets so base. He says, "I'll show you what a man with the spirit of Adolf Hitler can do." Yeah, <laughs> and he, he, he Gurin is seen like as it's Gurin in the original show is portrayed as like this kind of like he's willing to do the things that like other people aren't to do to win. So yeah. Operation British was his idea. It's like we're gonna drop a freaking colony on him screw him like you know yeah. like uh he was willing to go that far it's almost like uh like like the orders like hitler would used to do on the eastern front like yeah dude fucking bomb the civilian centers kill, who cares kill like get it done it's hey. kill the commissars right yeah kill. yeah get him get fucking kill him like he was the most effect gurn gets a bad rap because of like gay american isms but like gurn in japan and as we leak he dies in the original series of the battle of Aboku, but he actually gets killed by his sister but that's neither here nor there um, betrayed, yeah. He's he is betrayed, right? Like, uh, um, and Shiner's counterattack never happens at a Boku. But the, uh, but anyways, so we leave the show. But Gur, but Gurin, who's the main, like, sort of overarching antagonist, not like oh, Char's like the immediate antagonist. But over Char's trying to kill the zombies, prevent his father, whatever. But you know, and end of the show. But just I want to touch on this is in Japan itself. Gurren does not seem like a bad guy. They even make a a, a video game called Gurren's Greed, and that sounds like it's bad, but greed isn't it's necessarily a bad ambition. thing. It means ambition. To that yeah, yeah, it means ambition. ambition. And this, and I played the, the original video game because there's a lot of cool anime cutscenes in it. Oh, dude, it's so badass and cool. But it goes over like it's a it's a strategy game. It goes over the one year war, and it's what if Zeon can win, and there's different endings and so on. And the best ending is Gurren uh, un relenting zeonic victory and gurin's the guy who lives and it everyone's better off for it and so this is where we get into like the japanese look at gurin as the good guy he's the effective guy that needs because everyone else has these moral quandaries about oh man should we do this oh should we blow this thing up and gurin's like yeah blow it up like fucking blow it up we'll win and once we we were trying to look for a quick end to the war we and we want zeon to live so in japan the japanese see him as a good guy yeah, and he's also like so. There's this. I think it's like kind of Japanese World War II copes a little bit too. Uh, that 
like there were like chemical weapons projects the Japanese didn't use and stuff like that, uh, and that like super hardcore ultra rightists think they should have and stuff. Yeah, it probably wouldn't affect the things. I think they even had some kind of uh, nascent nuclear concept as well. I, I don't remember the exact ideas about it. Yeah, yeah. Most of them, um, and the scene with with this guy going to his father is basically saying, "Hey, we've we have the secret, uh, basically super hyper long range space laser." Uh, yeah, which is used later in a different series, by the way. It's really yeah. Cool. It's I want to use it to win the war, or and the dad says no. He says I'm doing it anyway. I'm doing it anyway, uh, which is like the Japanese, you know, officer corps telling Tojo or whoever, hey, we want to use this chemical warfare, and them saying don't, don't do the chemical warfare stuff. And all those of course, in the real life cuck, and because Gundam is new once, like his he actually uses the super weapon and it fails. It doesn't actually work very well in it. It, it works, but like it doesn't win the war, right? Yeah, so it, it's it's not it's not effective, and that is another trope in uh, the original One Year War is that Zeon was concentrated on making the next big super weapons, and like you know, like a Tiger Seven tank or like a and 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 um in uh, uh the one year in, in Gundam, it's like Gelgoogs. Well, Gelgoogs are really good mobile suits, but like effective. But like uh, like uh, Big Zam was a big one. Um, Anyway, the one-year war ends. <laughs> I think we can move yeah. on for the one-year war. Yeah. Well, at least the original series. So, yeah. like, I touched on the video games that are really cool. Like, there's Battle Record. There's Encounters in Space. These are, like, PS1, PS2 games. You can get them in emulators. I I, I, I recommend you do. these are, like, do. Armored Core alikes or, like, giant third-person mech shooter They're, type? So, the older no? ones are, like, more hardcore. They're, like, Steel Battalion, if you ever played that on the original Xbox. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, so uh, which is a great game that needs to come back. Uh, but yeah, so they're like a lot. So your robot's clunky when it's in gravity. It's clunky, right? And so it's like it's like a like a BattleTech feel in a way, right? Um, it's not like a super like these other Gundam shows. Like these these uh, mobile suits are like doing these crazy maneuvers. Whereas in Gundam, they have a lot of G force and there it's crazy. But anyway. Um, but play those games and there's a lot of good stories and they, they go over like more minor characters that are cool. Like the black tri stars and, um, uh, who's like the, uh, Re not Ryoko. Who's like the ace pilot of Xeon. That's so freaking cool. Anyway, there's a lot of them, but there's another other series. And this is where we get into the Gundam OVAs that were literally done by like SS files. We're like the SS were the coolest people like fuck Veraboos. You don't go far enough. Um, I wasn't and sure. So, what you, I, I, it took me a second to realize what you mean by SS file. It was like like a, like a SS, like as in Schutzstaffel, F P H I L E. Like they love, like they love them. Yeah, they love the SS. Okay. Yeah, they love the SS, right? And so, like, so the first OVA that in canonically is uh, called 0080 War in the Pocket, and it goes over the last two weeks of the One Year War. It is. This is literally. Another thing your kids should watch because it goes over it, it's from the perspective of a boy that's like oh it's on a it's in a part of the colonies that's not affected by the war at all that it's might as well not have even it's like Midwest America during the war like so far away from the war that they don't really they feel it but they really don't and they're more like federation aligned and he's just imagining like I want to go to war I want to have this whole excitement excitement and the show literally goes like what if the war came to him um, well, also his bit is that he's like he's the kid oh you've seen it Lewis he's drawing swastikas I've seen this scene because it's cool he's the kid drawing swastikas and German yeah 
Pillings in his notebook and getting and the teacher's like, You can't draw swastikas in your notebook. And he's yeah. like, But I love swastikas in my notebook. And But you you so you've seen it, right? I haven't seen the whole thing. I saw that, that scene because you told me about it. Oh, oh yeah. did you you didn't did you see the opening uh scene to it where it's like the Xeon Special Forces team trying to take out the no. the Alex Gundam? Oh, okay. One of the coolest things in all of Gundam in the series. You could it used to be on YouTube, but I think Bondi had it taken off, but it's like the Xeon's hardcore Xeon special. So it's from the perspective of like Xeon too. So your perspective, your, the POV is this little boy, but it's from a pro Xeon stance. And it's the first time he's it's like, going to happen. He's like a pro Xeon. Yeah, yeah. He thinks, it's like the American kid who draws swastikas. Like he's, that's who, that's yeah. who he is. Yeah. And uh, so this, this awesome, and these are all sympathetic characters. It's like this hard, grizzled Xeon special forces team infiltrating on into an antarctic base and they're using these mobile suits and it's really cool and really tragic just watch the series but anyways but it's like a seven or eight episode ova i think the episodes are like 30 minutes to 45 minutes and it goes over like the end of the war like the war is basically going to end but this colony is hosting a um a secret you know uh gundam project and this is a project that's meant for armor ray the pilot later on and uh, basically, uh, the Xeon Special Forces team leaves Antarctica, and they're reassigned to, like, find it again. And they infiltrate onto this colony, and they use, like, this cool mobile suit called the Camper. Regardless, anyways, yada, yada, yada. But it, that series is really good because it's one of the – I won't spoil it any more than I already have. But at the end uh, – dude, I may, it makes me tear up right now because I remember watching this before I was completely based – and uh, even when I watched it, like, maybe two years ago when I was completely based, um, I just cry and I tear up because the last words said are, don't don't worry, because Al is crying, right? Because, like, his friends die and so on. But none of his, like, well, not, it's none of his school friends. It's the friends he made that in Xeon all kind of die. Spoiler alert. But anyway, it, it, that's not the cr crux of it. Um and he's like, and his friends that were, and it's in front of this blown up school because the battle that occurred there. And one of his schoolboy friends goes like, "Hey Al, why are you crying? Don't worry, there'll be another war. Don't worry, Al, there'll be another war." And it's like fucking, it's just the most heartbreaking thing. There's so many layers to that, and it's so. It's very, it's very like Japanese though, post World War II. Like, we're gonna get another one, guys. Like, we're gonna run it well, back. Well, it's just well, no, no. It's not even like it's because they don't even know. They were like, "Oh, Owl is the weird like kid. He's the weird kid that yeah. likes war, right?" And it's like it's like, yeah, don't don't worry. Like there'll be another one. Not knowing that the friends he made along Zeon throughout this yeah. OVA are all dead, and he just goes like, "What the fuck was the point of this?" <laughs> it's so good. Double O eighty war in the pocket. Uh, from there we have Double O eighty three, which is Stardust Memory, which is like. It's like Top Gun. It's so fucking good. I, I don't know if anyone's seen it there. I seen it here. And it, uh, well, how much have you watched anything that's post? I have have you watched like Charge Counterattack? I would did watch some of Charge Counterattack. I I actually didn't find it to be super. I watched it. It wasn't it wasn't like excellent. I did. I watched. I, I do look into my Iron Blood Orphans. Uh, All right, well, we'll, I, we'll, we'll yeah, we'll touch on that because I'll just be talking the rest of the time. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. No, I, yeah. I do want to hear like we can tell you said you said about the interviews with these guys being like SS heads, like they basically like, oh, okay. stuff from there. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, so double eighty three. So double eighty has uh, they have like this guy goes on record. I forget his exact name, and I'll I'll talk about the Tomino interview where he literally says like uh the the uh 
you know, that's about the Gundam is actually about the Jews, funny enough. And I'll actually um I'll touch on that too. So yeah, so 0080 and 0083, these are like the iconic OVAs of Gundam. They're not done by Tomino, who's the guy who did it. They're done by these like guys who saw like they see Gundam like me and they're like, that's so cool. I want to make a story in the Gundam universe away from like armor array and new types. And so it, it's more about like gritty war stories, right? And it's not about new types or like that aspect. It's about like like Zionic independence and like uh, away from like the international finance and all that. And that's what like 008, 008. And like, even though you lost, you should keep up the fight. That's what 0083 is about. And in these interviews, the creators were like, you know, uh, you know, our inspiration for the, the writing this was literally for uh, our inspiration for writing this was literally for like because we thought the SS were so cool and the fight at the bunker was so cool and how they never gave up. And the the interviewer was like, oh, really? What do you mean? Because the, the Japanese don't have this like hang up about World War Two that like everyone else does about like Nazis and shit. So they're like, oh, that's curious. Why? And they talk about like the the Charlemagne division. And anyways, um, but yeah, that's it. And they, they also make a lot of their, and especially in later Gundam, Gundam series, they make a lot of the newer mobile suits. They look like they have, they're wearing stall helms and like they have like SS rune bolts on them and shit. And you can see the direct inspiration from it. Um, a lot of the propaganda that they put out too, like the, the supporting material for the shows, the, the sort of promote the shows, um, it's like literally like Nazi propaganda. Like one of them is Gurin and he's like holding out his hand, like in a Roman salute. And he's saying Zion, uh, uh thirst for the strength of its people. It, it shit like that. Uh, Tamina. So I want to talk on this well, real quick. I, also want to say, I, I, I want to really say why I think the Japanese like love the SS so much. And cause they do, it's, it's kind of, it is kind of odd, right? I think it fits very neatly into their, if, the SS fits into Japanese history better than it does fit into European history because the idea of a of a of a guy of a guy having a, a warrior class army, no but his private army like it's the leaders yeah. so the leader has like the national army or the clan army but like also his private loyalists is not really common in Europe like you have your a household might have its own knights but they're not like a, a thing but in Japan having like oh yeah this is like his personal army you know, and they, they like they love this guy. Yeah, yeah. during like even the Tokugawa yeah. Shogun kind of had that. Well, the whole, I mean, the whole that's like Japanese history. It's just, it's just private armies fighting, right? Like the occasionally Based? there's a because Japan had like what two national threats in its whole life, and that was the, Mongolians the, and uh, and the Koreans as they were invading them anyway. Like yeah, like it was the Korean the Koreans fighting back for an existential threat to all Japan, which is. <laughs> It's a very Based. Japanese outlook on like the Koreans fighting Japanese colonization. Hey man, they Japan. saw they saw K-pop before we did. They knew they had to take it out. Yeah, but yes, yeah, like the pride. That's why I think I think it's what the Japanese are just. They really get behind the SS because they see like a very European, or they see in a European thing a very Japanese historical trend. Uh, well, in terms of that. yeah, even like, even Hitler uh, talks about. If you ever, ever read Table Talks, he actually glows about the Japanese quite a bit. I'm the Table Talks uh, disrespecter. I don't think I, I think it's bullshit. I think Table Talks is the the quintessential Hitler. We're getting off topic. Uh, yeah. But the uh, anyway, so Tomino. Well, here's the thing: we're about Tomino, who's he's actually anti-Semitic himself. And Tomino before this is very anti-war, right? You know, like he's that's like the main sort of trope of like Gundam when the Gundam seed in Zeta Gundam, which occurs later, a different series that occurs later. That's where uh, Char makes his reappearance. Um, but in his notes, and he was interviewed on this later, 
he talks about Anaheim Electronics and the CEO of Anaheim Electronics. And Anaheim Electronics in the Gundam universe, they're like this uh, military industrial contractor that makes mobile suits for uh, for the Federation. And uh, they're like on the moon, right? Um, and the moon's a contested territory with Xeon and, and the Federation. And the he goes like, I, I can actually just read this verbatim. I think I gave it to DK or I just put it in the chat. Uh, in our chat not too long ago, but it basically says like, you know, the CEO of Anaheim Electronics um, controls the AU, which is the anti-Earth uh, Union group. And that's like, that happens later in Xeon, but it's actually a fake organization that he controls through rumors and, and guile. And he's just trying to get rid of the Titans, which are like the new SS after post uh, 0083. Um, let me just touch on this real quick. So in Zeta Gundam, this happens in like, 0087 uh there's two groups there's the anti-earth union group which is are against uh because like the after 0080 stardust memory which is when um the zeon almost the remnants of zeon were almost able to overthrow and restart zeon again they created this group called the titans and the titans were like literally like they had ss uniforms again this is where we kind of start again and they're kind of this oppressive regime they're not depicted as good guys at all like at all in 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 tamino's uh depiction of the titans but um anyways back to what tamino was saying that, that happens in zeta gundam that's the main those main factions in zeta gundam but uh but tamino kind of goes back on what zeta gundam is when he says oh yeah it was controlled by the ceo of anaheim electronics to uh to to uh to defeat the Titans, which were, you know, Earth aligned, which are like the SS. And uh, he wants uh, the AU to eventually like bomb Earth or whatever and get everyone away from Earth so the Jews, because he's Jewish, can take over Zion again. Tamino literally says this. And he goes like, he's like, he's not particularly smart, but he's guile, like, like how Jews control Hollywood. He literally says this, translated in everything. And uh, yeah, anyways, that's so like Gundam is like canonically is canonically anti-Semitic at this point when Tamino says this. And he said this in, in his original notes back in the 80s. And he reaffirms this later on in an interview. He's like, yeah, the Jews are the ones that are that are starting these wars in order so they can take over the Holy Land again. Um, let me scroll up in our chat. But yeah, that's that's essentially where the anti-Semitism comes in. You know, I, I was unaware that's of this. Wow. I found so I I guess that's like the is that the they were doing like the Mike Enoch bit where you you're an anti-war activist when you you know in the first you start out and you just get more anti-Semitic as you go. I, like, I, Tamino, yeah, mate, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Probably hold on. I sent this to Sven actually. Hold on. It'll probably be easier if I just look for Sven's DMs. Um Well, name dropping on my podcast? What? Oh, <laughs> It's more likely than you think. I will say Sven did name drop us on the last uh, show anyway, so I guess we can get. Did he call you guys really nerds? when I didn't. I uh, I must have missed Jesse. He I liked the fucking tweet of his. Gotcha. All right. So hold on. Let me forward this to the chat. I don't know if you guys can see it while you guys are talking. Um, but right there, that's it. So I'll just read it out for the for the for the everyone. He is a so this is this is from Tamino right. 
he is effectively the leader of the anti-Earth Union group. At the same time, while he's known to produce various rumors, he never leaves behind any evidence that can be traced back to him. While the AU itself is a fake organization, he was able to fleece his enemies into believing in its existence. He is the head of Anaheim Electronics and owns a production plant in the city of Granada. He is Jewish. Specifically says, there's three lines here, he is Jewish. He is the mastermind who is said to have the connections of both Zeon and the Earth Federation government. At the same time, he is not particularly gifted in any sense and is one of the most that one of the many activists who push for the colony movement. So, like, you know, the humans to leave Earth in colonies in order to fulfill the ultimate goal of the Jewish people. This is very similar to the way Jewish people control Hollywood. In other words, they intend to send all of the people on Earth up into the colonies in order to reclaim the Holy Land of Israel for the Jewish people. He's really little more than an entrepreneur who plays a small role in his, in his in this racial movement. These details are never touched upon in the TV series. How incredible is this? That's insane. And, you, That's all. and I, I couldn't believe it when I first read this. I right? Because I watch Zeta Gundam now. Like, holy shit! Yeah, Zeta Gundam. Zeta Gundam is really good. And then Double Zeta is like, I, I, we're not gonna get too far in the shows any, anymore. But uh, I think we moved on from like show stuff. But the uh, when I I couldn't believe this. I had to look this up everywhere real quick, I thought it was real quick though, double zeta work, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on double zeta uh, i give it thumbs up but i understand why people hate it because my main All girl right. Haman karn becomes like uh she gets touched by the char pedophile disease and goes after chad judo and the junkyard kids but that's neither here nor there but <laughs> that's uh, but yeah, your ability to rattle off these these names is honestly phenomenal like gundam names are the other uh, I like the show. It's very stylish, but it's very visual. Like if I see a character, I know, I know what they're about. Yeah. But like knowing somebody's name in the show is like who's like not in multiple episodes is actually is extremely impressive of you. Like I, 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 Dude, I couldn't. And the names. Thank are so you. Stupid. They're hilarious. Yeah. Like judo. Gundam, yeah, judo. Gundam names yeah. are are the funny. Are, they're like what's well, like the Japanese always have like comedy names and almost everything. Like that's one thing Japanese shows do or Japanese media or conventions are is like they'll do comedy. In, They'll do funny names in a serious show, and it's not weird. Like people have that's a it's like Metal Gear. Metal Gear is very serious, but they'll have like constant yeah. like, memes and like Revolver Ocelot. Dude, I, yeah. dude, I I love the first Metal Gear Solid so much. You know, it, it's a gaping hole in in our um, catalog so far of topics we've discussed. But but yeah, again, this is a this is a gun show. Okay, so what? Um, okay, so that's. That's wild, I guess. I, I did I had no idea. I had um, to look it up too. I had to verify this is true. And there's Reddit, there's Reddit posts people coping about it, like liberal. But now we have Reddit a trend, right? Or at least two two data points, which because the attack on Titan, which I've also I'm only passingly familiar with, but uh isn't that basically the same kind of deal, right? Is what I understand. Yeah, like and the, I and I hate Attack on Titan because I'm a I'm a nerd about stuff, but yeah, that that guy who did Attack on Titan is a Japanese nationalist. Um He's like super like he's actually Jew woke too, um, funny enough. Well, the, but yeah, from what I understand is it's the Jews who became the Titans, the titular Titans, right? They're these monsters that are trying to destroy. Humanity. I I don't know. I know there's like some like big ethnic cleansing in the in the in the oh, spoiler alert. That's all I, I know. There's I, a big. I haven't ahead. read the manga, uh, but as I understand it, the German like the people who are besieged by the Titans. I guess major spoilers. It is their basically being besieged by the Titans is their Morgan. They're being Morgan Thau planned. They're the Germans. Oh and shit! Being, 
They're all I, I'm not, yeah, I, I don't know anything about it, but yeah. To, and, the, and the Titans will eventually kill them, like, in their being Morgenthau planned by, like, the rest of society after they after they almost won World War II. Um, yeah, so, uh, I just know hmm. the guy, the guy who wrote it is very Japanese nationalistic, and I believe, I'm don't take my word on it, is that he's aligned with that anti-Semitic po- political party that has gained somewhat power in Japan. Uh, I forget the name of it. The Saitama? No, that's One Punch Man. I, I forget. I think it starts with an S. But uh, I don't know if you guys were aware of that, but like, j- anti-Semitism is, is like a growing thing in Japan right now. Like, it's just J- also immensely. Is, oh. Japanese political parties are fucking schizophrenic. Like the anti-smoking party is like has seats in the con- in like legislative. Legisl- legisl- oh yeah, very true. Well, welcome to parliament. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's a it's a legitimate real parliament, in you know which, you know. Well, that's why these we'll parties create, can get involved. We'll get in. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: um, the the Japanese anti-Semitic party actually has large rallies and. Japanese people don't really go to these political rallies anymore. Like in the seventies, you had a lot of that. Uh, and even somewhat in the nineties you did, but now they're completely neutered. Like you look at the, they're far gone from like the Japanese samurai of like, you know, whatever the 1400, they're far removed from this. Right. But uh, they have a growing anti-Semitic party and they had like 30, 40,000 people show up in Japan. That's incredible. In America, you, you can't get people that many people to show up to a rally. Right. I don't know if Trump even got those numbers. He um, did at like his peak. That those are essentially peak Trump. I think he he topped out around fifty sixty thousand, but that was Im- immediately before the twenty sixteen election. Other than that, it's yeah, like peak Trump was was thirty forty thousand. Yeah, but yeah, this Japanese anti Semitic party is like no, and they're like seriously anti. They're not just like it anyway. But um, I guess we gotta go back on the Gundam. But yeah, so and I guess we can sort of cr- cross this across all Japanese media. Is there's even a manga that um is basically about the alt-right of japan fighting uh koreans that have invaded their country and antifa to defend them and i forget what it's about but it's from a perspective of a high school boy again the, you know like youth being you know the the warriors uh, in japan this trope keeps on showing up gundam and i i think in attack on titan i'm not entirely sure because i only watched oh, four is, episodes and i hated it for it is because of the guys who founded manga in the 50s and 60s were kids who wanted to fight in World War II but weren't allowed because they were kids. And therefore, like, that's... I mean, obviously, like, kids being the heroes is not, like, because of this only. But it's a major thing that, like, you should have given us a shot to fight when we were 14. Now I'm writing the manga. So, that's the so 50s, based. 60s. And then it comes the trope. But obviously, like, you know, kids are the heroes and all kind of fiction. That's not, you know... Yeah. But... But I think it's a, it's a big deal in Japan, like because of that. That's why uh, you know I think sh- the shonen genre arguably exists because of this. Like, yeah, and I hate shonen too. <laughs> Funny enough, you know, but those are the who the shonen were though. I guess is the yeah, point is yeah, like literally yeah. like shonen magazine shonens were these guys. Show yeah, she, like shonen jump and so on. I do have to say Dragon Ball Z and the original Dragon Ball are very good, uh, but like other shonens I just can't stand. But uh, the uh, yeah, so what was oh, but the, this manga I forget what it's called, um, but it's about like the Japanese nationalists fighting Antifa and literally are fighting Antifa. And there, I read a couple. It's really hard to get the translations for this, like a real translation. Um, I have a really good friend that speaks fluent Japanese, um, and so he trans he does a lot of fans translations, and he's one of our guys too. He just loves Japanese. He just you know is a weeb. But um, he uh, 
he, he used to he started translating a little bit for me, but it kind of, you know, it's a long process to translate a lot of this stuff. But uh, there's even a Richard Spencer stand in in like the third volume of this manga. It's funny enough. Funny enough. At least that's what's that's rumored. And I'll try to find it. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's my that's on my soapbox. How much time do we have, DK? Did DK drop? Did we lose DK? I know we're no, I'm here. Oh, what's oh, okay. our time like? Uh, I can go for like another 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you want to hash out the 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 Iron Blood Orphans bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear your take because I hate that show, but you love it. Yeah. So uh, Iron Blood Orphans is like the most recent. Uh, it's very well animated with the most modern animation techniques, mix of hand drawn and some CGI for the fights. Uh, it looks really good. It is a essentially it's a what if um, scenario where. Xenon never rises up, and as a result of them never, you know, gamers not rising up, the colonial oppressions become like increasingly worse and worse until they're basically just grinding uh, everyone outside of Earth like into the dust, and um, like the people who actually are far enough from Xeon that would have been Xeon like pass out into Jupiter area. Are basically independent, but only because they're so far away. Uh, that, you know, they, well, they, let, let, let me let me step in here for a second. It has nothing to do with the original universe century. No, timeline. no. So the original, yeah, it, okay. it's a what if universe. If Zeon, yeah, it's a what? Yeah, it's a what if. Yeah, yeah, it's a what if universe. I want to clarify. If Zeon clarify. never rose up, and um, there's these uh, effectively these there's a there's these uh, mercenary units that it it, it, it becomes basically Earth becomes run by like literally corporations. That and one of the things is they do is they have like the legitimate corporate. There's the legitimate corporate government, and then they hire out these like mercenaries for dirtier jobs. And you know because Gundam is you know time Gundam is a flat circle. The what the the one of these is like employing child soldiers, and the child soldiers uh, rise up, and the and uh you know they're all they defeat they. They become like an independent child soldier corporation and uh, get a contract with the Che Guevara of this universe, who's this princess of Mars, who's like the 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 Earth shill governments is the you know, the the prime minister prince ruler of Mars and his daughter, who is a princess kind of, but it's like a hereditary, it's a hereditary prime minister or something like that, uh, is like for freedom and the Governments are trying to kill her before she can get to Earth and give a big speech, and uh, the and they and they have to fight through space and they have to go because out to space and then back in through like secret ways to get past the uh, government. And it's really just about like this. The show is just like the Manor Bun show. Uh, they are like a, a mercenary company. They but they're you know, a manor bund. It's like a band of brothers or watership down, or it's, it's a manor bund show effectively. Uh, first the, the ideological stuff is very secondary to just like the internal loyalty of the group. Um, and that's, and that's very, made very, very clear. Uh, and that like the actual existence of the group is prior, a lot of characters prioritize like 
you know, the ideology of like, you know, stopping oppression or whatever for people on Mars or outside of Earth versus like the, just the continued survival of the group itself. That's the tension. It's like, do we act in the group's interests over the or like the ideological interests? Um, it's very good. I think the fights are great. The the animation is the best ever been in a Gundam show, in my opinion. They do the the Gundams are uh, controlled by either you can control them like Gundam style, like the original show with your hands and feet, or you can take like a risky surgery that has like a large failure rate, and you can gain some level of a like Gundam with your mind control, uh, and you know, it, it, and the and a lot of the characters go in for that at you know great cost themselves. But they're also against like they don't make new members do, join that. They they were forced into it by the previous owners, of the company. Um, it's it's really good. And I think I, I think uh, it I think it sucks. And um, I think it just it, it it's not science fictiony. And I'm so autistic I can't even can't even deal with it. All the things you can say that make it cool can be true, are are could be true, and I can possibly jive with it. It's just that. It's such a departure from the original Universal Century that, uh, like, in terms of like the science fiction, that I can't deal with it. Uh, yeah, the, they're doing also more like, uh, it's more like piracy or like ship to ship stuff. Like they are, like they are when they fight in the old in the original show, Gundams are like, they're there's not that there's no like single combat samurai stuff nobility in the in the Iron Blood Orphans, but they're there's the fights are going on, but also there's like infantry attacks and boarding actions from ship to ship, uh, alongside the Gundam fights. That would be like a, you know. Oh, I haven't seen fights. that. Oh yeah, no, there was like, like infantry battles. Yeah, uh, it's a big oh, deal. So, oh yeah, oh, let me actually time out. Um, I do have to say this, just like in both, like a uh, to go back, infantry in the universal century is a big deal too. There's an entire series based upon it, so I have to get that in there. Which is another reason but why I. But the problem is, and in, in the original show, it doesn't exist. Yeah, the original yeah. show, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the well, combat's not like integrated in the way it is, but it's very much integrated in. Uh, in. I, like I might have to give it a shot then. Yeah, uh, the, I they also do like stuff like uh, they do a very realistic portrayal of uh, like I guess like what you call like a military relationship between two people where the main character is not a good leader, uh, unlike you know the original Gundam where like leadership it's like, you know, it's like Asian, it's like Asian stuff. And even certain most Europeans are where, where combat ability translates to noble birth and leadership abilities, where in this show, there is one guy who is the good, like leader charismatic and strategic. And the other guy in the, is like the grug who doesn't actually want to command. He just wants to fly Gundams and he, he's loyal and they're comrades, but he's not, uh, He's not a charismatic leader, like in the slightest, and uh, that's a very realistic. Like that's how militaries are arguably designed along those lines. That like there are people who there's like multiple tracks you can go with your career, and one of those tracks is like just becoming a subject matter expert uh, as like a warrant officer or whatever, even though you're not actually leading people. And that's kind of what uh, this one portrays. Is like he he's like the he's like yeah he's the number two guy in the organization, but he's not the number two leader. That makes it, he's like he's like he's not even a leader at all. It, but it, it's it's yeah. very good. I will give it another shot, but I just hated the mobile suit combat. But that ship to ship boarding stuff that gives me like the cool uh, 
Legend of Galactic Hero vibes when they did those yeah. boarding actions. And there's also well, there's also there's also is a couple land like land battles. Uh, it, it's more into in the combat. It's more integrated uh, stuff. Like the 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 there are infantry. There are mobile workers, which are like the legitimate industrial things that are like they're very like tiny, basically tiny Gundams. And then there's like the real full size mobile suits. Mm. And these all uh, they're all fight on the same battlefields. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, th- I, th- I don't want to go too much into it. Like, I I really enjoy it. It's there is like more degeneracy because it's a modern show. There's like they go into space and meet like the the far, far away space culture in J- Jupiter area, and they're and they're kind of more degenerate than you know you would like. Uh, uh, but you know whatever. I, I don't. I mean, they're they're here's the thing about like Japanese and like. I would say like homosexuality or something like no, that. No, no, it's like harem stuff. Oh, I don't give a shit about that. What's whatever? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, one of my like favorite anime. One, one of them, oh, that's fucking baller. Then harem stuff is cool because like t- one of my favorite animes ever is like Tenchi. <laughs> the OVA for Tenchi is great. I don't. I, I I did find it like off-putting, but it's kind of oh, okay. Me, like it's it's supposed to be somewhat off-putting. Uh, so you know. I I'm I I essentially got all my bits in. What what about you, Lewis? I, I I could go forever if we could go if we went back to the original Gundam and like picked it apart. Oh yeah, we know definitely. But I just we could I don't do know. a deep dive on another on another time. It sounds like because I was I was as we were talking about this. I mean, I don't know we necessarily want to do a whole episode on Evangelion, but it may be or you know like we could do. I'm just saying like it, yeah. you know everybody loves giant I robots, so the, the, the Gundam figures and how they kind of became the basis for like. Gundam, I wanted Gundam in the West, like the the fig, Gundam didn't come over as fast yeah. as the toys did. The toys yeah. beat the shows to America, like by a lot, like by decades, I think, or at least mm-hmm. one decade. And uh, like the, I believe I actually well, this probably be the one that Battle Tank episode. I believe a lot of like early Battle, t- at least a couple of the factions were just like based on or sh- straight rips. Uh, there were some. There were random about it. There were some mecha miniatures game that was just like at least one of the factions was just gundam stuff like they were just taking gundam uh like figures and then so gundam became a robotech maybe it was no no also, no i'm thinking about something different yeah i'll have to do the research for the, the prep i should have this have this memory but, sure uh, well we we can we can it's a deep well to to return to. obviously we, and you know what's funny is we mentioned metal gear we mentioned it in the context of like it, it's of course metal gear itself is about like the titular metal gear is a giant gundam right so um yeah it there's a it's a deep well um yeah. for sure we and and with, with, i think i can sign, sign off i have a good remark to sign off with it's uh sure giant, giant robots are important giant robots matter i have uh i have one thing to say before we call it um i'll just say uh zeke zeon for the glories and ideals of zeon zeke zeon zeke zeon take care everybody